When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. Five G Wireless Network of OU Athletics, Homeland, proud sponsor of Sooner Football, Moody's Country Store and Barbecue, bringing you the best in barbecue, and by Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality. Let's go! This is the OU Huddle. Now, here are your hosts, Teddy Lehman, and the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. Welcome back inside the huddle presented by Bud Light along with Teddy Lehman. I'm Chris Plank and let's go, Ted. We're inching closer to the spring game, which is coming up on April 24th. We've got a ton of gridiron to talk today. It's been a couple weeks. Ted, how are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm excited about this. It's crazy that, you know, we're we're starting to wind down spring. I a know. Bit. We're over the halfway point. Spring game is right around the corner. These guys have been going at it for quite a while now yeah and you know you you feel like that we've had more opportunities to hear from coach riley in fact lincoln's coming up here in just a bit we're gonna hear what he has to say about spencer rattler and caleb williams who's on campus going through spring ball we've talked to a lot of players heard from a lot of players but you know ted take us through a player's perspective now we're in the middle of <laughs> i know you never had to deal with a pandemic as a player that shut down <laughs> spring practice but you're in the middle of the latter stages of spring ball seems like they've stayed relatively healthy what's the mindset of a player right now uh, i all i could do is speak from my experience and i love spring because you've got a little bit of time between practices it's usually every other day or maybe even more so between practices so you're fresh you're recovered you're not having to do winter workouts which are <laughs> brutal so it's almost like two and a half three weeks 
of, um, you know, just football things slow down quite a bit. You can focus on uh, on doing just that. The lifts slow down a little bit. You can kind of refocus your, your lifting. So I always loved it. Um, I think it's the best time to make up ground as a young player or even if you're a veteran that's maybe moving uh, a position or just really trying to solidify yourself. And, you know, as the older guys graduate, new leaders need to emerge, new voices on an offense or a defense um, have to show up and, and kind of take over drills and, and players recognize who are going to be the guys, right, the dudes. So I, I think it's like your biggest movement happens in the spring. Obviously, whenever you get into training camp in the fall, there's still plenty of work to be done and, right. and position battles going on. But this is the time that you really solidify your spot on the football team. Well, our opening segment, as always, is brought to you by McIntyre Law, the law firm you should turn to for all your personal injury needs. And, Ted, since, you know, obviously your defensive guy who – Ran the football. I mean, I don't think people realize there was a special package in place for you to be on the field as an offensive player during the Orange Bowl. You yeah. and Torrance Marshall, right? Or, or was it you and, and Torrance? It was me and Torrance, yeah. but uh, that got scrapped pretty quick. Uh, <laughs> we did get, we did convert field. a yeah. first down, okay, but not much after that. I lobbied pretty hard for some goal line tailback. Uh, <laughs> never got it. I had a fake punt called in the OU Texas game. And uh, we called a timeout right before we snapped the ball. But <laughs> I was always just hoping, just really hoping, really close to trying to get it. Well, I, I didn't want to pigeonhole you as a defensive guy. Well, thank you. So thank let's you. go ahead and start talking a little bit then about the offense because Oklahoma's head coach Lincoln Riley met with the media today. And that's one of the great things about this show every single Thursday night is we get a chance to get Ted's reaction and have you hear from not only Lincoln Riley, you're going to hear from Caleb, uh, excuse me, Spencer Rattler coming up in just a bit, Deshaun White, Jessica Cootie went one-on-one -on -one with Jake uh, with uh, Josh Ellison. You'll hear that a little bit later on. But let's start on offense with head coach Lincoln Riley talking about that dynamic in the quarterback room that's a, well, it's a little bit fuller than it's been in years past. His, uh, their relationship, I think, is uh, very positive. Um, you know, I think they have mutual respect for each other. Um, you know, both uh, similar situations, you know, coming out of high school and, and, uh, and have to, you know, having to come in and learn this thing really quick. And, and uh, I think they're both competitive guys. And, and you know, I think they've, they've been good for each other. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's always great to have, you know, other good players in the room. Um, it, it, it pushes you no matter how long you've been at a place. And then, and then, you know, certainly for, from Caleb's perspective, you know, having a guy in there that's been through the fire, um, that, that knows the system, um, at a higher level than Caleb does right now, you know, and a guy that he can watch, you know, way he prepares and watch the way, he, you know, the things he does on the field, way he communicates, all of that, I, I think is, is good. So no, it's, uh, you know, they, they seem to get along very well, um, you know, and I would say, you know, very similar to some of the other really good relationships that we've had in that room over the years. Specifically, that conversation centers around Spencer Rattler, the returning starter, and Caleb Williams. There's five guys in that room right now in that quarterback room, including Penn State transfer Micah Bowens. But it's going to be fascinating on April 24th because I think fans are going to absolutely fall in love with what they see from Caleb Williams if all of the buzz from the practices and his high school resume play out. But Man, Teddy, what a what a wonderful competition to have, or at least a mindset to have in that room whenever you have two guys that talented. Could there be anything more annoying <laughs> than being the Heisman Trophy favorite coming back to a season as a sophomore and having to answer questions about your backup and how good he is? <laughs> Isn't that good, crazy? It's a great problem to have, right? It's a fantastic problem to have. I don't know anyone else on the planet that has that problem, but that's the nature of Oklahoma, and that's just kind of how it is right now. Right. Um, uh, Rattler had a great season last year. I thought down the stretch was fantastic. A little rough starting off, but he was a freshman, okay? Uh, got better. Decision-making was better. I thought Lincoln um, really figured out how to, to dial it to his specific skills and, and his weaknesses as a younger player, and, and they got better at that as the season rolled on. Uh, but, yeah, that room now, ultra-competitive, always has been. 
And, yeah, you're, you're always going to have a guy right over your shoulder at Oklahoma in the quarterback room. What do they always say in the NFL? The most popular guy on any team is the backup quarterback, right? Oh, sure. Well, this guy needs uh, – this guy's going to grow in popularity because Spencer – well, not just Caleb Williams, but Spencer Rattler. Ted, you hit – we're just a scratching the surface. You know, we're going to hear from Spence coming up here in just a bit. But he didn't have a spring last year. Right, and went through, didn't even go through spring two years ago during his true freshman year because he wasn't an early enrollee. Uh, Lincoln Riley's talked about it quite a bit, even though you still hear Spencer Rattler referred to as a veteran, which is one of those jarring things. Whoa, the veteran in the room is a is a retro sophomore. It's like Shooter McGavin whenever he's winning all the tournaments <laughs> right? and he has to answer questions about Happy Gilmore. <laughs> I'm winning the tournaments here. <laughs> Who cares about the long drive guy? But with all that said, uh, this is a big off season for Spencer because. He has a full off season. Oh, he I has know. plenty of time. I'm telling you, that is such a difference. We talked about this a lot last year during the season. You know, quarterbacks, wide receivers developing that relationship, uh, thousands of passes in seven-on-seven, one-on-ones, just going out on the field with no defense and throwing together, uh, learning the nuances of each individual player. It takes time. And, you know, a slant route is not just a slant route. Right. Player A is going to run it a little bit different than player B. He's a little bit quicker. Maybe his break comes uh, a half a step sooner. Maybe he accelerates out of that break uh, different than the other guy. So, uh, yeah, it just it's it's a ton of feel and and working between those guys and, and getting a, a sense of one another. And they didn't have any of that last year, which obviously it wasn't his first time in the program. So he's able to work through that and had a base developed, but. Having a spring and a normal summer is going to help Spencer, and not just Spencer, the receivers, the running backs, I think maybe offensive line more than any other position on the field. Ooh. All right, put a little asterisk on that because we need to talk about that coming up a little bit more. We'll hear more from Spencer Rattler coming up here in just a bit. Listen, uh, before we go to break, Kirk, can we go ahead and hear from Deshaun White here real quick? The Sooner standout inside linebacker. You mentioned leadership. You mentioned leadership and helping out the offensive line, but how about just helping out this team in general, especially from a leadership pers uh, perspective from a guy who's been around like Deshaun White? I, I, again, selfishly, I'll say I think our classes was the start of the big change. I mean, we'll fight that over any group, whatever. But, um, no, in all seriousness, um, I think we have – we got a few guys, you know. Um, but I think that the good thing about our defense right now is it doesn't have to be one person. Um, it's never – sort of like a um, it's not like everyone follows one guy um, it's sort of just by the day sort of thing it's not forced you know there's a lot of different leaders and I think that's good for um, as many young guys as we have they have multiple different directions to look to see the way that we're supposed to do things here like the right way the successful way so I think that um, I really think that's the biggest thing we have multiple group or multiple leaders in the linebacker room multiple leaders in the secondary like it's <laughs> I, I'm speechless, to be honest. He's one of nine guys in the inside back sure. room right yeah. now. And I feel like Deshaun White's been in school for about 20 years, but that's because he's been making an impact and he's counted upon to step up. Absolutely love this kid. Uh, he is, he's a fantastic teammate. Uh, he's a fantastic football player, handles his business. You know, I think it, it, it's kind of interesting. He's played so much football. He's right. played. He started games at the Mike. He started games at the Will. Um, you know, he's had to move during a game and play both positions. And I think there was some comfort, you know, there for, for Deshaun. And then you show up into spring ball, and it's like, oh, well, Aguebu's going to start at Mike. <laughs> and Osamoa's going to start at Will. And it's like, well... What's going to happen to me? Right. And I think that lit a fire under him. And uh, according to, to, you know, people there, he's had an unbelievable spring, uh, energized, had a great offseason as far as strength and conditioning goes. I mean, that's one of the things with, with Deshaun. He's not the fastest guy in the room. He's not the strongest guy in the room or the most explosive. So he has to make up for that in other ways. And, you know, understanding the defense, understanding the offense that you're playing against. That's how he's done that. But I think he finally has kind of seen the light and addressed 
some of those uh, physical limitations in the offseason, got stronger, got faster, uh, leaned up, uh, you know, better body mass index, all of those things to where he could really compete. And this spring, he's done a really good job. And I, it's crazy. They've got, they got more guys than they could put on the field at one time. And that's one of the benefits because we've, we've heard Grinch since he showed up day one. They're going to play of over 20 guys a week in a football game. And that's not once you get up, we just throw the second guys. That's <laughs> in meaningful minutes. They're going to rotate guys through because they want everyone full speed, 100%. And Deshaun White's one of those guys that you can rely on at both positions. And uh, he's, he's had a great spring. He's just a great teammate, great never, player. Never forget that first year whenever Kenneth Murray would be sitting out a few plays and People are like, what's wrong? Is he hurt? Is there something wrong? It's like, no, no, no. It's just part of the philosophy, and it well, works out. You're fresher at the end of games. And I know it is frustrating to see <laughs> your best player standing there, but <laughs> you look at last year whenever he was gone, we're better equipped to pick up the slack whenever a great player does leave. That's right. There's not as much fall off. And here we are. We're going to be, you know, three years into this thing. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about the depth that we've got in the inside backer room, and that's partly because of the the philosophy of playing multiple guys. Yeah, it's crazy. You go back to when Kenneth Murray came in, he was an outside backer who moved inside because they needed numbers. Actually, was a free safety. Now, nine guys in that inside backer room, a wealth of riches for Brian Odom. All right, so I said we weren't going to pigeonhole and talk inside backers, but we ended up there anyway. I'm sorry, Ted. I love, I'll White. always weave, <laughs> we, we weave it back weave to, it to inside backers. <laughs> hey, when we come back, we're going to meet Jenny Baranchek, the new head women's basketball coach at Oklahoma, and we're going to go one-on-one with one of Teddy's former teammates, Calvin Thibodeau, as the huddle rolls on from Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue, presented by Bud Light. Whenever there's a Sooner game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. The huddle is brought to you by... Rudy's, bringing you the best in barbecue. Kim Cade Coach Lines, the official motor coach carrier of Sooner Athletics. AT&T 5G, the official 5G wireless network of OU Athletics. Homeland, a fresh experience. Proud sponsor of Sooner Football. The Sooner Sports Podcast is your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. Log on to Soonersports.tv slash podcast. Presented by Allstate and Riverwind. Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality. Anheuser-Busch, whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. When you talk about wanting to be able to compete for conference championships and national championships, you can't just throw that out there unless there's people doing it. And there are a lot of programs here at Oklahoma that do that on a very consistent basis. I think the biggest lessons are learned are be real, be authentic, be who you are. And that's a message that I want to make sure that each one of our women know that it's not just okay to be who you are, it's an obligation. We have to be who we are on an everyday basis. And to learn how to compete and what that means. Competition, the truth form of competition is to strive with, not against. So our job is to show up every single day to the max that we can possibly show up and to give our best and have that same expectation for the person to the right and to your left. So when you put that jersey on, you're not just putting that jersey on to just go play in a basketball game. You're putting that jersey on to play with your team and you're playing for a bigger picture. So then the playing hard, it's not something you do. It's just part of who you are. You step across those lines and that's just what we do. So I, like I said, my, my favorite thing of this whole thing is just to go connect with those women, and we're going to continue to do that, and we'll get on the floor. Um, that expectation obviously won't change because they're not going to let it change. And so when that's an expectation from them, then you're going places when we continue to add some more elements. Guys had the uh, Porter Moser presser last week that you recapped, Teddy. Uh, Jenny Bronchek, very impressive coming from Drake. Uh, relentless energy is one way I think I would describe so far. I had a chance to talk to her this morning. That'll be on the Sooner Sports podcast. First thing tomorrow morning at Soonersports.com slash podcast. She's impressive, isn't she? Oh, she is. They both are. You mentioned it. Ener energy. I think they've got coffee makers uh, coming out of their teeth over at the basketball facilities right now because we got energy just uh, spewing out. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, I, both uh, Coach Cole, Coach Kruger, fantastic tenures here at Oklahoma. 
Um, but that being said, I think everyone's excited to see yeah. what the, the next step is. I, I think, too, if you look at the number three straight tourney appearances, I, there was a stretch where they hadn't lost a Missouri Valley Conference game for like two years at Drake. She played college ball at Iowa in the early 90s, a wild story. She committed and signed at Iowa, and then her coach left. <laughs> and so she's kind of gone through the process of taking over a program. And I'll tell you what, she's got a good roster coming back. If uh, Ana Yanusa is healthy and ready to roll, Maddie Williams had a great season. Taylor Robertson could probably hit a jumper at the Lloyd Noble Center from here. She has endless range. So I was hoping she was going to call out Kim Mulkey, though, at her opening <laughs> press conference. Maybe that's a bit too much, but just, just say we're we're here to take the title. That's right. We're coming for you, uh, Kim Mulkey. But exciting times for OU men's and women's basketball. Be a part of the fun. Check out the podcast, Soonersports.com slash podcast. Uh, yeah, Soonersports.com slash podcast with Jenny Bronchek. Okay, Riverwind. Riverwind is still the one. Brings you our interviews weekly with our coaches. And last week we had an opportunity to hear from Kale Gundy, who broke some news about Marvin Mims moving from the outside to the inside. Let's see what Calvin Thibodeau has for us with Jessica Cutie. Having the depth that you have of guys that have played a lot of football for you, talented, what does that do for you guys in the spring? And, and as you continue to develop them, how does that maybe change what you do in years past? Uh, I don't want to say, I wouldn't say it changes anything. You know, experience is just one component. Um, you know, the thing that, that I've been excited about is that these guys come out there and they compete every day. And we, we, we want to make the most of every day. You know, we, it got taken away from us last year. So every day, you know, we cherish it. We go out there and, uh, you know, give it our all. So I've been, I've been proud of the group from that standpoint of making the most of every day. There were several times last season that Lincoln Riley, Alex Grinch said that, you know, the defensive line was the MVP of, you know, multiple games. How have you seen your guys maybe carry over how they were playing, especially at the end of the season, into maybe off-season workouts and, and now in spring football? It's, it's a big confidence booster when, when you know that, you know, you, you were a big piece of reason why you, you had success, but you want to build on that. You know, you, you want to continue to make strides and continue to improve. And, and uh, that, that's the goal of, of any champion. You know, you want to continue to improve. With Jamar Kane, you guys seem to work a lot together and your guys kind of work a lot together. Take us through how that works. What's the process of um, kind of, you know, working with your groups together and how you maybe make the decision on which guys go where and where they kind of fit best? Yeah, I, I would say like maybe, you know, when, you know, third down is a big down. So, you know, we, we want to put the, the, the most athletic guys, you know, the best playmakers out on the field. And, uh, you know, we, we want to put those guys in position where they can get one-on-ones and, and, and take advantage of that. So uh, we, we have to work together. We, we always thinking about, hey, who are the best guys? You know, uh, you know, we went from, you know, bumping IT out at five and moving them inside throughout the season. And, you know, just as D-line coaches, our job is to get the best guys out there. And, uh, you know, it's always an evaluation every day. You know, uh, you know, doing fall camp, you kind of notice something that, you know, IT was playing well inside. He wound up starting the season inside. So we started him there. Uh, and then, you know, he wound up bumping back out to end and playing, doing, doing a great job. But then he wound up bumping back inside. So you had to adjust all the pieces. And, and uh, I thought we did a great job of that. Yeah, you hear a lot of, you know, your guys, the, the DNs and the, you know, defensive tackles talk about you guys working together. What is the relationship like between you and Coach Kane? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. You know, he like at the end of the day, you know, he knows ball, man, and he loves the players. He loves his university. And, um, you know, those are the things we have in common. So at the end of the day, we, we, we want to be successful. You know, we want to put our guys in position where they can go hunt, you know, make sure that they're developing on and off the field. And, you know, we have those things in common. And, you know, it's been pretty good. You mentioned IT, breakout season. What a great story. You know, again, patiently waited for his time. And then you know, coming into this year, I know high expectations, but what other level can Isaiah Thomas play at coming into this year? Uh, the, the, the sky is the limit for him, man. He, he's, man, you know, he, he's intelligent. He's experienced now. And, and, you know, he has experience of making plays. So, you know, I, I, I think that, that, that the, the, the sky is, is the limit, man. I expect him big things from him this year. And a lot of people obviously want to know about Jalen Redmond. You know, sits out last year, comes back. What have you seen out of him this spring? Uh, really excited about him. You know, we, he, he was, you know, bothered by a couple of knick-knack injuries. So, you know, he's just kind of truly coming into form now. Uh, but, you know, you know, you put him out there on third down and, you know, you see him making plays. He has a knack for finding the ball. You know, he, he was doing that as a freshman. So, you know, that, that's truly going to help our defense. We're expecting big things from him. 
of your guys talk about that, the relationship that they have with you. And it's, uh, you know, you're, you're fun and, and it's like, it's, you like they like to go to practice with you, but if you get mad or you get on them, like, you know, kind of like another dad figure, how do you go about developing yeah. those relationships? Yeah, I'm myself at the end of the day. I'm, I'm going to coach them hard, but love them harder. You know, uh, I believe in that. You know, having relationships with my players that, you know, that, that when I am pushing that they understand that, that where I'm coming from, from that from that side of things. But um, you got to be able, you got to be willing to be pushed. And these guys are willing. And, uh, you know, we're going to have a relationship. We're going to laugh together. Um, you know, we're going to have some fun together. But then when it's time to lock in and get serious, you know, um, you got to be able to hit that switch. And uh, for the most part, these guys can do that. Okay, war daddies, for, for people that might be watching and, and want to know about that term, take us through, how, what is it, describe it, how'd you come up with it? Oh, man, it's, it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's a term that means, hey, when we get ready to go to war, that that, that you can depend on these guys, and, and, you know, you're not guessing, you know, you know, like, you know, if it takes four overtimes, you know, to, to beat, you know, Texas, that, that the guys that you have out there, that they're up for the task, you know, if it's, you know, going through a season of, you know, with, with, with you know, epidemic, epidemic uh, with corona, you know, you know that these guys are they signed up they're ready to go and that you can depend on them guys uh, to make plays so uh, when you say that you're saying that a guy's tough-minded um, that, that he's a butt kicker and you know you expect big things out of him so I don't, I don't throw that term around lightly so uh, <laughs> uh, I'm excited I tell you that much I got a couple of them this year so spring football take us through from the start where where you are with it as a team and a defense from the start to where you are at the end what's kind of the goal what do you guys want to get accomplished well number one you want to come out healthy you know I, I, I know that sounds kind of maybe corny but you know when you, you know every day you, you get off that field it's a blessing to come out healthy we want to improve we we consistency you know we got guys that can make some wild plays but but just be you know you know make the consistent play consistently uh control the controllables you know run the calls you know live in the backfield you know make the plays you're supposed to make you know win your one-on-ones um you know make sure that you're the most physical group on the field uh and and just you know make sure that that you know there shouldn't be one practice where we don't feel you guys and and that's kind of been my challenge to these guys and um no matter what group is in there that that's been the expectation Last question for you. You know, talking with a few of the players, uh, especially on the defense, they believe, they, they talk about that they want to be the best defense in the country, right? And it's one thing to say it, but to believe it. It seems like the guys are really buying in and believing that they could do something special. What is your um, kind of expectations? How good could this defense be? Uh, you know, like I said, I think those expectations start with, with, with Coach Grinch and, and just, you know, uh, he's captured their minds, he's captured their hearts. And when you do that as a coach, you got them. And, you know, we expect we expect greatness. We expect great results. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's easy to come out and say things, but but you want your actions to speak so loud that, that you don't have to say anything. Uh, you know, there's been constant improvement with Coach Grinch from year one to year two. And now year three we we don't expect that to change so um you know we we want to be the best in every statistic um you know that's we we want to have you know all americans we we want to have all conference guys uh etc cetera, etc cetera. and you know that's the expectation and when that's not done you know you, you know you, you're uncomfortable you know so so you know these guys they're, they're competitors um, they want the best for themselves, and, and that's the expectation. That's the vibe around here. And talk is cheap. We got to go do it. But I can tell you that the culture is right to do it. Coach Thibodeau, we appreciate your time. Enjoy the rest of spring. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Jess. Thanks, Coach Tibbs. Brought to you by Riverwind. Still the one. We need to have a conversation about the leaning up of Calvin Thibodeau. Looks like he could go out there and do what he hopes Isaiah Coe will do for this team. The Juco transfer is 6'5", 295, going through spring ball right now. Teddy, uh, he, he has that it that you like to see from an interior presence. Well, there's no doubt. Excited about him. I think the coaches are excited about him. Here's the thing, though, man. It's going to be hard to get on the field. It's all of a sudden one of the maybe the deepest position group on the entire football team. Yes, defensive line may be the most deep position on the entire football team. It's shocking to say that after uh, just a few years ago trying to find playmakers there. Uh, they're all over the place. Uh, I, I, I'm excited about Isaiah Coe, but Winfrey, Ellison, Jordan Kelly, uh, Roberson is back. I mean, you've, you've got a great group of guys that are making plays. And, 
you know, whenever you factor everyone together with uh, Isaiah Thomas, Benito at the rushbacker position, we're going to have a great front four. One of the guys that's not on campus yet because he's still playing his high school football season is Kelvin Gilliam. In fact, um, in Richmond, Virginia right now, they had their season delayed to the, till the spring. But he was a get, get a big get for this class. Maybe Ted, a candidate that, well, you never want to say someone's going to redshirt because he might he might jump on campus and wow everyone, but he's he's got impressive tape, that's for sure. Take your time, young man. <laughs> Enjoy your time in high school. It's going to be a grind whenever you get here. You'll be fine. They'll put you to work over the summer. Enjoy that final season. But, yeah, uh, big kid. You see him making plays here. Uh, looks like he's coached really well, getting inside some of these blocks, staying in his gap, uh, has a good motor, strong, physical. So, yeah, it's, it, he's going to fit in nicely. Speaking of fitting in nicely, how nice is it? to see this guy back. Jalen Redmond has played 16 career games. The numbers are jaw-dropping when you consider 11 of his 23 career tackles are for loss. Ted, what kind of impact can he make this year? Again, it's, you know, it's a tough look at that club. <laughs> I, here's the thing. He's been away for so long. Uh, as long as he's in shape, ready to go, understands this defense, and, uh, and is ready to make plays. He's got a ton of potential. I mean, there's guys that you want first off the bus to scare the uh, opponent, <laughs> and he's one of them. And he's bigger now than he is in this, this video. The dude's put on weight. It's good weight, though. He's, I think he's, they're saying like 280-plus pounds right now. He's incredibly athletic. But here's the thing. You've got to be consistent. You heard Coach Thibodeau saying it right there uh, when he's talking about being a war daddy, which, by the way, Coach Thibodeau himself was a war daddy whenever he played. <laughs> You've got to be consistent. You've got to be able to do it down in and down out. The players that play around you have to be able to trust you to do your job. And uh, that's going to be the thing that he's fighting right now is he's fighting the depth that we've got in that room, the playmakers we've got in that room, and he's got to be consistent. If he does all those things, I mean, it's clear he's got the talent to, to show up and be a huge force on the interior. 6'3", 284. Welcome back, Jalen Redmond. Big kid. All right, speaking of big guys, war daddies, Josh Ellison is one of them. We'll hear from a very talked about returnee on that defensive line, Josh Ellison. Next, you're inside the huddle, presented by Bud Light, live from Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. The huddle is brought to you by Rudy's, bringing you the best in barbecue. Academy Sports and Outdoors the preferred sporting goods retailer of Sooner Sports. Anheuser-Busch. Whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. Sport Clips. It's good to be a guy. Riverwind. Still the one. I know you didn't get to go through spring football last year, and so first time kind of doing this in Norman, but it seems like there's a different energy, a different kind of level of competition. How much do you guys maybe appreciate being out there right now, being that this time a year ago you, you weren't able to be out there on the football I field? I actually really appreciate it because last year we all had to go home and do our own workouts and things, so we didn't get really get to spend time with the team and the coaches and build that team chemistry like we wanted to. So let's go back to your recruiting. Um, you know, you – Went to JUCO out of high school and then, you know, one year at Blinn College there and then College Station kid and the offer comes from Oklahoma and it was a quick kind of decision. You, it was like two week process that you had committed to the Sooners. Take me through that and, and why you were so sold so quickly on Oklahoma football. Oh, well, uh, actually me and Coach Tibbs have been talking since like I was in high school. So we kind of had that little connection. So I got to Juca, I was like, uh, I need, I might, I might not want to go come back home or anything. So I'll just let me get in contact with him, see what's the deal. And me and him stayed in contact like the whole time. So when I had decommitted, I had went on my, I started communicating with other coaches and things, but he was the first coach on my mind. So me and him got to talk and set up the official visit. But as soon as I got the offer, I was like, yeah, this is where I want to be. That's awesome. Sometimes it can be a hard transition for junior college players, you know, going right from junior college to, to playing at this level. But you were able to really get on the field and, and provide much needed depth for this defensive line. How was the transition for you and how were you able to kind of get out on the field and make such an impact in your first season with the Sooners? Uh, the transition was kind of weird because I've never played like in this type of defense. But the way I guess like the way my playing style, I guess I feel perfect into it. 
But uh, it was actually just uh, the coaching, them teaching us the plays, and then the other guys who like getting us into the groove. But other than that, like everything else just fell in line. Yeah, and you mentioned your relationship with Coach uh, Thibodeau. What's that like? Um, kind of take us through for those of us that will never be in practice with, with Calvin Thibodeau. Kind of what makes him so good at developing you guys? Uh, his energy, like, he just wants the best for you. He's always pushing you. If you don't do something right, he's going to let you know you're not doing it right, and he's going to make sure you get it done. But he's an awesome coach. You always feel his energy, always in a good mood. But if you if you make him mad, he you know every he like he's like another father, another father figure for me. So I I love him. That's awesome. What about the combo between him and Jamar Kane? I mean, you know, the, it seems like you guys all work really well together. Oh yeah, him and Coach Kane. I feel like that's a good combo. Uh, we all the whole D line group is really close to each other. We all talk, chop it up. So. And, you know, again, this, this is kind of the deepest we've seen this defensive line here in Oklahoma in quite some time. How important has that been for you guys as this group to, you know, it, it takes more than one guy, it takes more than three guys, it, it takes a whole group to really be successful at, up front. Uh, we actually, uh, we actually work, we've been working very hard since last year, like to build the D line because Oklahoma's not normally known for like defense or whatever. So we just like worked on building the defensive line, getting, getting better and better as we go. Yeah. And at the end of the season, I mean, you guys are one of the most uh, disruptive defensive lines in, in all of college football, led college football in sacks, you know, starting in October. Why were you guys able to have that much production up front? Uh, well, when we got Ronnie back, it was it just changed the game. He just brought a different type of energy to the D line, and it just like upped everybody's level. So everybody started playing at a higher level, playing at a faster level. Is it contagious when one guy gets a sack or a TFL? Uh, everybody wants it oh, on the action. Oh, very contagious. <laughs> yes, everybody wants one person getting. Everybody wants a piece. You know, you mentioned Ronnie and declaring for the draft, probably gonna get drafted here in a, in a few weeks. How do you replace that energy? Is how important is that to replace that energy? Uh, it's actually really important, but uh, he brought a lot of energy to the team. So a lot of people like Perion, he just tried to bring that bring that energy back into the group, so we can just keep all that going. What's the confidence level of this defensive group as a whole this spring coming off the season that you had a year ago? Oh, we're very confident just because the way we came out the last game, the last couple of games of the season. So we're, we was on the hot roll and we're trying to con continue that roll. What is it about Alex Grinch and his defense that kind of um, you guys bought in and believe that you can be one of the best defenses? Oh, the way just Coach Grinch is a, a defensive genius. Like I've never seen anything like him. But uh, just the way he sets everything up, he like he knows where to put everybody, how to how the offense works, and all things like that. Couple more for you, personal goals. Where do you feel like you need to develop going into you know your second season at Oklahoma, and and what kind of goals have you set for yourself? Uh, my goal is just to work on my pass rush, uh, be more disrupt, be be more disruptive on the run, and um and. Be more, have more production, way more production than I did last year and build off of that. Awesome. And then the defense as a whole, what kind of expectations do you guys have kind of going in as you work in the spring but then carrying over into the next fall? Uh, our goal is to be the best defense in the country and, and we're just going to build off that and keep going. Well, Teddy Layman's going to love hearing that uh, as we send it back to them. Josh Ellison, thank you so much for your time and a great job on your debut here on Sooner Sports TV. <laughs> thank you. Great stuff from Josh Ellison. Great stuff during his debut season, Ted. And I was listening to this podcast with you and Gabe. Mm -hmm. A lot of buzz around this young man in spring ball right now. Yeah. No, he's he's had a really good spring. I thought he had a great season last year. You know, it was it was tough getting out on the field because we started to have that depth. And once, you know, uh, Perkins came back and the rotation kind of solidified, was a little bit more, more difficult to find those reps. But whenever you watch some of Ellison's highlights and sometimes it, it doesn't necessarily show up in his highlights because he doesn't make the play but he's a second effort guy and what's interesting about that is you know most football is there's a split second where you play your initial technique you play your initial gap right and then the quarterback throws the ball or the running back goes to the outside most of your your game is played in pursuit of the ball and whenever you're a guy that that comes natural, that you have that motor, you know how to anticipate, you know how to take proper angles, then you make a lot of plays downfield. And you see that a lot with Ellison. He doesn't make a lot on the instant 
play, which, I mean, he does make – I don't mean to say that he's he's not doing the proper job, but right. he makes plays down the field. And uh, after he's, you know, really controlled his gap, his assignment, then the pursuit starts, and that's, I think, where he really excels. Here's Perion Winfrey. Boy, did he make an impact in his first season, Ted. Second team all Big 12, up to 6'3", 290, 290 pounds. Pretty good at blocking kicks, too. If you're going to be a war daddy, you got to do it every single rep. That's what <laughs> Thibodeau says, okay? We saw that Perion Winfrey, when he goes and he's fresh in, in, a, in a set of downs, he's unblockable. He's got to get more consistent. He's got to bring that effort, uh, you know, deeper into games, not disappear because of, uh, of conditioning. I think he's going to be a more conditioned player. He understands this defense better. I think he's set up to have uh, an extraordinary year. I believe that Perion Winfrey, if, if he can show those things, that he's in better shape and can make the consistent play, I think he's borderline uh, first-round material. Ooh, I like it. What do you think of Isaiah Thomas? IT department was open last year. Jamar Kane said last week they've challenged him to make sure it stays open. Second-team All-Big 12 performer. What a breakout season for him. He's great. Uh, I, I agree with Grinch. Last year, Grinch said uh, there's no way that he shouldn't be a Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, and it's it's hard to, to really argue that. Great year for him. He's going to build on it now. You, you just listen to the way he talks and carries himself. Oh, the dude's got a, he's got a second. Uh, he's hit, hit another level of confidence right now. He's playing great. He's going to be able to focus on the outside, which I think is big for him, unless they go to, you know, a third down package. And you heard Thibodeau mention that a little bit. Some people call it like NASCAR or the cash package, whatever you want to call it. But you get your best pass rushers out there. You get a matchup. Isaiah Thomas against the guard one-on-one, that's going to be incredibly tough for, for any guard in this conference to block him. Staying in the 918 from Memorial High School to Union High School, Jordan Kelly had a nice season last year, Ted, and another guy like Josh Ellison where it's not always the big numbers stat-wise, but he just seems to be doing his job and helping, helping to make plays. Look at those numbers. Two solos, nine total tackles, two TFL. Take a snapshot of that and remember it because after this season, you're going to compare those two and say, who is this guy? Was he on the team last year? He's going to make a ton of plays. Uh, I think he's going to be a double-digit tackle for lost guy. Uh, I don't know about sack numbers. It's tough on the interior drawing double teams, but he's going to be an aggressive force in there. He understands his defense. It's difficult. It's a little bit different the way they do it up front. There, there's a little bit more of a learning curve there. He's a high-effort guy, plays with good technique, and has had a great spring. I expect big things from Jordan Kelly. Jordan Kelly, Isaiah Thomas, Perion Winfrey, Josh Ellison. We mentioned Kelvin Gilliam and Isaiah Co. We didn't even get a chance to talk about LaRon Stokes. There's other names. I know Marcus Stripling has moved outside. Reggie Grimes. Woo. It's a lot of war daddies. We're going to have to play 20 guys on defense <laughs> to get them all reps. You know, there's so many players. It, really, at every position, corner, safety, inside backer, uh, rush backer, DN, D-line, we've got two and three deep at every single position. You'll love to see it. Hey, when we come back, we'll have, in layman's terms, we'll talk about position versatility and shifting positions next. You're inside the huddle, presented by Bud Light. We want to thank all of our Sooner Radio Network affiliates across the state and region. Fans can check out Soonersports.com for an affiliate in your area. And if you're traveling outside the state of Oklahoma, you can listen to all the action on either Sirius XM Radio or download the TuneIn app and listen free. OU's football games are available on Exodus 96.5 FM in Oklahoma City and 101.5 FM El Patron in Tulsa, as well as on those stations' websites. Each OU Spanish broadcast will feature a 30-minute pregame show and a 15-minute postgame show. Log on to Soonersports.com slash kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by OG&E. Brought to you in part by Orthodontics Exclusively. 
Teddy likes to say we got ahead of the chains. In my <laughs> words, we just talked way too much for Kurt's liking our producer. I apologize, Kurt. It's time for In Layman's Terms, presented by the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. That's Kincaid Coach Lines. Visit KincaidCoach.com for more information. Teddy, let's talk position versatility, flexi flexibility across positions. This stemmed from the... Uh, Marvin Mims conversation last week going from outside receiver to inside and Mikey Henderson now looks like he's into Marco Murray's room. Yeah, well, you know, starting with Mims moving from outside to inside, it's a different world and I think it's going to benefit him a ton. And here's the biggest thing. You're closer to the football. It's a way easier throw for the quarterback for the most part. That's why you typically see, especially in this offense, that those guys get targeted way more. Um, the other thing, who you covered by? You're covered by the nickel. All right, the nickel, as I've uh, said on here before, that is actually a Sam linebacker. So usually the nickel is included in run fits in some form or another, which means the guy covering you has way more run awareness, which means the play action is way more effective. If you're outside on a corner that's playing a deep third, He's not affected by play action at all. In the nickel spot or in the inside position, that player is going to be affected by play action a whole lot more. Um, the other thing is you don't have nearly as much direct help as a nickel in the slot. Okay, whenever you think about coverages, you think about cover three, which your help is split into thirds on the back end, right? Mm -hmm. You're working on the hook player on the inside, which is either the nickel or a linebacker. You think about half field, whenever you've got two high safeties, the total middle of the field is vulnerable, so you try and attack the inside of the field, there's less help there. Single high safety, you've got a free safety in the middle of the field, you know where to avoid, you can work away from that and you have a ton of space to run away from whenever you start in the slot. So there's way more ways that you can attack defenses and uh, give targets to a wide receiver whenever he's in a slot. That's why typically we see slots as volume guys. But in this offense, not are they only volume guys, we hit the deep ball like that and attack <laughs> from the slot position. Dede Westbrook, uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown, uh, uh, Sterling Shepard was a guy that, that played in the slot. So there's a bunch of creative ways that you can get the football to Marvin Mims now that he's moved inside. I would expect his numbers to – you know, go through the roof. What do you have? I think 40-some catches last year for 600 or so yards. He's got a good chance to double both of those. So, in other words, if there was fantasy college football, if it's a points-per-reception league, be all over Marvin Mims. Real quick, we don't have a lot of time here, but Mikey Henderson making the shift from H-back to, to DeMarco, the tailback room, biggest challenge or adjustment for well, him? I, I don't think there's going to be much of adjustment, but here's the interesting thing. Mikey Henderson was most effective last year in 20 personnel, which is – Traditionally, it's split backs, two backs, no tight end, three uh, wide receivers. But whenever he's in there, he's listed technically as a tight end. So a defense has to treat that both like 11 personnel, which is usually a spread formation, and as 20 personnel. So as a coordinator, you don't necessarily know how to do it. Well, as the season evolved, you saw that that's what he was going to be, was a split back guy. Well, a defense was able to build those tendencies in. He's not playing in line tight end. He's not splitting out as a tight end. We treat him as a running back. So uh, you can take that tendency away by putting him as a traditional running back and handing him the ball in some other downs because now he's not the blocker that a team would look at whenever he is in that split back position. So it's really just a way to take away the tendency of what he's been doing by making him a full-time running back. He looks just like Plus, Josh Norman. <laughs> he's great carrying the ball. Yeah, he he's big. He's athletic. He looks like a giant compared to some of those other running backs in there. Inside lay are in layman's terms brought to you every single week by Kincaid Coach Line. Visit KincaidCoach.com for more information. We did it. We caught up. We were a lap down and we made up time. So let's wrap it up next with going uh, inside the numbers here inside the huddle. Thank you to our Cornerstone Television partners, OU Health, Anheuser-Busch, and the OU College of Professional and Continuing Studies, and our community partners, Landers Auto Group, Coca-Cola, and OU Health. 
Final segment by the numbers. This has been a heated, a heated battle all year long. Oh, wow. Um, Toby made a nice little run the last few weeks when you were gone. What happened? Trey, what happened, man? Jeez. It's brought to you by Pike Pass, the fastest, safest, most efficient way to travel Oklahoma, Kansas, and Texas. Hey, Sooners, don't get past to get Pike Pass. Here we go. What is the record for most tackles by alignment in one season? Oh, my. You go first. Um, oh, gosh. So you're thinking 100 usually for like a linebacker. I would have to say like 74. No, it's going to be more than that. Really? Okay. Yeah, it's going to be over 100. Wow. I'll, just right. to be conservative and not go over, I'll go 85. All right. The answer is 144. There you go. I was halfway there. All right, so Teddy gets the win there. Question two. I was trying to think, you know, you, the big uglies getting in there. What is the record for most tackles for loss in a single game? In a single game, um, I'm going to go, it's going to be high. I'm going to go... I know of a couple guys that have had five. I know Cedric Jones had five sacks in a game. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go double digits, 10. Right. See, I was going to go 12, and I was going to say that it was Cedric Jones. Let's see where we are. You went 10, I went 12. Whoa, six. six. So you oh, were, you're we two, here, don't call to come back. Question yeah. three, question three. How many questions do we have, by the way? What is the record for most career fumble recoveries by defensive lineman? Ooh, most that's career tough. Fumble career recoveries? fumble recoveries. Ooh, your turn to go first. Right, I'll right? go first. I'll say 12. 12? Yeah. That's too high. That's Eight. way too high. Eight. What's the answer? It is, you hit it on the you hit it on the nose. Yes, Teddy Serino. I knew it. And I we got it. time for one more Big question. One more question. Uh, how many wins does OU have when ranked as the number one team overall? Number one team. How many wins? Wins, yeah. Ooh. 50. Um, just because I need a win, I'll take like uh, 55. The answer is 74. Whoa, I nice. get on the board. Finally get on the board. Nicely there you done. go. But nice comeback. Nice comeback, Teddy. Hey, a fascinating conversation. We only got 40 seconds left, but tonight we focus a lot on the defensive line. How reassuring is it, Teddy, to see the depth that is there for Tibbs, for Jamar Cain, and for Alex Grinch? I love it. I, th I think it's fantastic. Everyone... I uh, always talk about the, the level of play. Once you start to raise it, everyone yeah. that comes into that room has to get up to that level quickly. And you're just your baseline player. Uh, you're down the roster player so much better than in years past right now. They're in a really good spot. Good stuff tonight, man. We fun. learned a lot. Thank you. Fun. Great crowd here tonight of everyone Excellent. coming out to Rudy's. We'll be back next week with a full spring game preview. Remember, next Saturday is the spring game. Thanks for joining us for the huddle. Live from Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue brought to you by Bud Light. We'll see you next week. Boomer Sooner, everybody. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. All state vehicle and property insurance company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.